it's always fun, right? Because then you just have to like say like, I, I'm sorry, I just wasted half of your life. I don't know. I'm yeah. I apologize. <laughs> you know. Um. So so what's been going on, man? Um. Life good. Yeah, man. Good, good, good. Just uh, trying to keep up with everything in the agency and and keep up uh, podcast things like that. It's it's very challenging, and what I guess I mean this is an interesting question because I don't I mean we've we've gotten to know each other uh, quickly over the last uh, couple of weeks, but um, you know what what I think what's the what's the one thing that is the easiest to get away from you in in the agency world like that that is just your kryptonite or something my kryptonite um you're asking the thing I struggle with the most. I mean, if you want to ask it not as an exciting way, sure. <laughs> um, I struggle with managing people. Um, I expect everyone to, let's say I'm a level 10 in terms of my enthusiasm for the business. Um, I struggle with the fact that everybody else is not going to be a 10. You know what I mean? Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk put it, put it well a few years ago in a, a video he did where he said, you know, your, your people aren't going to love your business as much as you love your business. It's just not going to happen. You know, um, yeah. I struggle with that. Um, you know, I'm sort of, I'm a long play guy. Um, I, other than the client whose house is on fire and, or has a problem right now, this second, I put my marketing and my branding first. Like I consider myself to be a, a marketer who just so happens to sell insurance. Um, and I'll give you an example. You know, I got to the office a few weeks ago. Um, I got to the office about six thirty, seven AM, something like that. And I had three things I had to do before eight o'clock um, client, you know, pertaining to client and, when I got to the office, the very first thing I did is, okay, let's, let's put out some, a social media post for the day. Right. And some people might look at that as selfish, but I understand, or I believe that my brand is what's going to propel me to the long term, And I don't mind giving up short-term business for that. Now that's not saying I ignore my clients or anything like that, because I still got the three things done. Right. Um, sometimes I can struggle with that a little bit, you know, um, prioritizing, I guess would be the, the, the two things would be, and I know you didn't ask for two things, but I'm going to give you two things, uh, would be, you know, understanding that not everybody loves the business as much as I love the business and prioritizing. No. Yeah. And that makes sense. It's because everybody loves something different about the thing that they do. Right. And, um, right. And, and it's nice when they align and come together. Do you, have you given up on, on the fact that I'm assuming you probably don't try to convince people to love it as much as you do. You kind of just meet them where they're at with their relationship in the, in the agency. 100%. I'm nodding my head. Yes. Right now, even though you can't see it. Uh, 100%. It's like, you know, you just have to let people learn to love what they love about it and, and just accept that, you know, cause you know, here's the thing is, is you can, stress everybody else, everybody else out and, you know, try to make them love the business as much as you do. And it's actually going to hurt you long-term when, if you just accept the fact like, okay, I'm going to be a 10, they're going to be an eight or seven. Um, 
that's okay. That's as long as we know that about ourselves, we can work around that, you know? How long did it take you to get there? Like what have you, have you seen improvements with, again, you said struggling to manage people. Has that improved your ability to kind of get what you need? That sounds terrible in a very, I'm using you kind of way, but to, to, to balance the equation and to create some sort of harmonious, uh, Balance Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Um, by, you know, deploying a little bit of self-awareness and realizing, okay, this, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to get what I need the way that I know how to get it. And what's the best way to sort of um, man, you know, because every, every person that, that you work with needs and wants and responds to things differently, you know? This is something that's been on my mind lately, and this might be a little off 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 the cuff but do you think self-awareness is like a one-time deal like do you think you only get like one or two times to really get it right uh versus or or is there always a chance to kind of redo that self-awareness with with that in those situations um in terms of ruining like let's say in the case of some you know somebody that you're you're working with are you talking about in terms of ruining the relationship or are you just talking about yeah, I mean, like just like just completely misjudging it, just not having the ability to to push the right things away for that that particular instance or things. Is it is it something that you need to get it to a level to where it, it's 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 always it's always ready to go? It's always kind of stage ready, sort of thing. Or um, I'm just curious. You know, that's something that's just been like, kicking around. Otherwise, if it's not, are you are you potentially ruining? Uh, relationships might be strong, but you're not getting the best out of most situations because you've got to come back to it and, and, you know, take a second shot or third shot at it. I think that you get only a couple of shots at it, but at the same time, I think time heals everything. You know, I think things become less bad over time, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, early in my career, you know, I'm this young whippersnapper which some people still view me that way you know but and i wasn't as empathetic with people that i work with in the beginning you know um whether that become comes from a selfish standpoint or not i think it just comes from a place of of non-self-awareness and or ignorance you know is it where, where do you sit on like back to the, if we're going on the other end of it, you know, where do you sit on like this? And I get it. Like you might not be here with me at this moment. This might not be the thing that you want to do. Uh, or again, just to mishandling or miss, mis evaluating the, the situation. How, how often or ever is it worth just like kind of putting your head down and plowing through, not like in an aggressive way, but like, I get that you're not here, but I, I don't, I can't see it any other way right now. And I got to stick to my guns basically. Um, I think in situations where I, I think as long as everybody understands, okay, at the end of the day, we need to do what's best for the client. Right. Um, you know, uh, okay. I know this situation sucks. I know we're, you know, mad at an underwriter or what, whatever the scenario is. I know that you got this going on, but we have this client that needs this. You know what I mean? This client needs us to do this thing for them to help them to help us fulfill the promise that we made to them with this insurance policy. Um, I think as long as everybody understands that it's okay to, 
to plow through and they understand, okay, you know, he's just trying to do what's best for the client versus making me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? But the, the, the honest to God truth is I really don't know the answer to that question. I'm not saying that you, I'm not saying that whatever your answer right. is, is like, we're going right. to put in the dictionary somewhere. Like, hey, listen, like this is now a gospel somewhere. I mean, it's just, it's just, I'm curious, you know, as to, you know, somebody, I don't know how we got on this little okay. rabbit hole, but um, it, just managing, you know, people and, and being in the agency. And, and, and I, I guess it's not a conversation that, you know, the previous generation would necessarily concern right. themselves with. Um, and, and just, you know, the, you know, the, where that state of being, you know, kind of like the state of the union on, on some of these things and, and, and realizing maybe sometimes the finite opportunity that exists within mm-hmm. these, these moments, um, to kind of always be ready for them. Um, it's just curious to me, but, um, I mean, so, you know, you'd say that you're, and I, it's, I, I guess maybe I gravitate towards, you know, you're a marketer first, right. And that's, there aren't, there aren't enough of us right. in the industry that I kind of think that way is that, is that is that a good thing? Should we have more? Do we need more people that view themselves as marketers first and insurance second? I think so. I mean, there there are certain things regarding myself that is detrimental because I'm a marketer first and an insurance agent second. You know what I mean? Um, I think the reason there aren't more of us is because insurance, to a lot of people from the outside looking in, is not a sexy business, right? And you know, I have this theory that the sexier a business is, the least money you can make in it, right? And, and so, um, I think personally guys like Jeff Roy, who's not necessarily a marketer, but who's a technology guy, right. Um, guys like him, guys like myself, not putting myself on his pedestal at all. Um, guys like, uh, the Chris Paradiso's of the world, yourself, Sydney Rowe, um, I'm playing to the home crowd. I'm playing to the home crowd, 100%. But, you know, and I I kind of went brain dead there for a minute. But, uh, you know, the insurance agents who understand marketing in a 2018, 2019 world um, is going to do nothing but help the industry. You know, newspaper's dead. Radio is dead. I mean, obviously, these things have some value to somebody. Uh, there's, there's a way to strategically do it. You know, I'm not a huge direct mail fan, but there are ways to strategically do it. I think from an industry perspective, it's nothing but a good thing. Um, I think it's on the responsibility of those quote unquote marketers who are insurance agents to make sure the customer experience is still there and they're not ignoring their clients and, and that sort of thing. Right. But yeah, absolutely. I don't think that could be anything but a good thing. Yeah. And so what, what are your, what's your take on, you know, it feels like, you know, to find somebody that is as passionate about marketing insurance as they are about insurance is, is challenging. And, and like you said, I don't think we maybe look for enough opportunities to get those, those um, kind of purebred marketer insurance people into a, more of a position to succeed where you said like it, it, it is bogged down. This might be my my insurance marketing right. diva kind of kind of quelling up on me here, so I'm trying to suppress it. But uh, okay. do you think that right. do you think that not enough opportunity is given, or enough um, understanding to like the importance of the long game that these the, these individuals that that kind of hold and harness this this ability and interest, they maybe just not provided the the necessary 
room to grow and flourish and, and leeway and all those fun things? Do you think there, there could be more of a, of a, of a chance given? Um, could you rephrase that a little bit? I'm sorry. <laughs> so basically you as a marketer, right. would you, would you find it more liberating in your agency to maybe have more responsibility on that side, as opposed to constantly being worried if you are at least, you know, like you said, doing, doing what is necessary on, on the insurance side of things. Should, should that marketing be embraced more and, and, and really given a, a chance to grow into something that could, you know, really benefit the agency outside of, you know, what, what most are willing to tolerate and, or kind of commit to. A hundred percent. You know, I think that, uh, the, the agencies themselves are scared to, a lot of agencies are scared to jump into that, I think is what you're saying. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think they're just, I, th I think, um, if they're lucky enough to find somebody that has the, the interest and the drive to, mm -hmm. to kind of push those endeavors, and put themselves out there. It. And they don't embrace it and allow for a, right. a little bit, a little bit longer of a runway to, to, like you said, to play the long game with a lot of this stuff to build that brand. Um, 100%. And, I and mean, to say, listen, we'll get somebody else that can, that can't do what you do. We'll get somebody else to do the things that maybe are a little easy, more easily repeatable. Right, a hundred percent. You know, I think that uh, that it's everybody's into the short term, right? When in, in reality, when it comes to branding and digital marketing things like that, a lot of times it's a it's a it's a, a long term play, and I think what happens, you know, I, I here recently my Instagram has been, I've been getting a lot of other insurance agents following me on Instagram, and uh, and I don't have that many followers in terms of Instagram followers, but in terms of for insurance agents, I have a decent amount, and I have a lot of agents reach out to me. I literally had three agents reach out to me yesterday. Um, and all three of them said some form of the exact same thing is take a look at our Instagram account and let us know what, what we're doing wrong, you know, or what we could do better. And I think a lot of agents, um, and a lot of agencies, they want to make a post and then they want the phone to ring immediately and someone say, Hey, I want to quote. Right. And, and I think they need to understand yeah. it's like, look, you know, this is a this is a tree that we're chopping down and we're sharpening the axe between each each whack, right? This is something that we're constantly working on. It's a long term play. You know, I, when I first started digital marketing and social media marketing and things like that, I was literally, you know, every day for a year it was the number one thing I did before I got any business from it. And that's what I tell people is like, look, you know, when it comes to this, you're going to have to stick to it, and it's a long term play. So I really think it's on the the shoulders of the agency, agency owner, principal, whoever's in charge to really buy into that and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stick to it and it's eventually going to work, but we just have to know that it's not going to work right away. Right. Um, so I think that it's, it's just getting them to buy into the long game of this is where the future is going. If we keep doing it, yeah, direct mail or yellow page ads or whatever the, whatever the heck we're doing right now, is working, but it's eventually not going to work. And in the long run, we're going to get leads from this. We're going to get business from the digital play and the brand, right? Because the thing is like the, to me, the brand is the, your brand is the only thing that propels you long-term, right? If I'm doing a newspaper ad and it's working, well, the minute I, I, I stop paying for that newspaper ad, 
I'm not getting business from that newspaper anymore. Whereas with social media and things like that, it's out there forever. Right. You know, that's the beauty of a podcast. You know, that's what I, I tell yeah. people, you know, on our podcast is, is look, this isn't you doing a radio show. This is out there forever. You're going to have people, you know, years from now that are discovering this for the first time and reaching out to you. Right. It's a long-term play. I guess is the answer. Yeah, I definitely want to get to the podcast in a minute, but something that you said there is interesting and and it's hey, you know, what are we doing wrong or what can we do to improve our Instagram? And I think some see this is what I've experienced is tell me if you if you if you kind of feel the same way, is that um you know, they're looking to replicate somebody else's version of success and and Instagram might not work for them in the way that it worked for you, you know? And it's there has to be some sort of natural inclination you can learn all the tips and the tactics but you know listen you might not be as, as charismatic and engaging as, as bradley is right and it's just not gonna work um exactly there's I, no silver bullets yeah and it's uh, i think it's it's uh from anybody that i've seen succeed it's it's they've they've kind of gravitated naturally to a platform or a format or a medium and they've like right. you said they've dedicated themselves to understanding that culture that platform and then sticking with it for an extended period of time and understanding the nuances and, and, and knowing right. when to, to kind of just slither around and make the right minor adjustments as opposed to saying, hey, put this picture of sunshines and mountains up and then <laughs> say, good job. And like, like all of a sudden, like business is going to come flooding through your door. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's and it's it, it, the thing is, like, I understand that that's kind of my thing. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that I might do that better than some folks. You know what I mean? And, and I, and I make sure that when I talk to folks like, look, you know, this isn't the only way, you know, there, there are ways, other ways to do this, but you know, with a lot of, with a lot of Instagram and Facebook and things like that, there's, there's something that I, that agency's not doing that, that it's easy. If, if you're not getting business from it and you've been doing it for a while, there's something you're doing wrong that is causing you to not do that, you know, causing yeah. that not generate results. And usually it's, and, and, I, and I do some presentations around here in my area at real estate offices on social media. And um, what something I, one thing I've been harping on recently is usually that one thing is they're posting or deploying marketing tactics on digital uh, with the intention of making a sale when really what they need to be doing is posting with the intention of garnishing engagement, you know. It, it, I tell people, you know, if somebody comes in your office and sits down for the very first time, you're not going to look at them and say, okay, what you buying today, right? There's everybody wants to do that one post or that one ad or whatever it is that gets them a sale right then when it when in reality, you're just really trying to start the conversation. You know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. too much, there's too much right hook. When you, when you post that picture or that blog or video or whatever it is, and your intention is I'm going to make a sale today from this, we're going to post this and people are going to call us today you end up getting having too much right hook and then in turn it actually has the opposite effect yeah. and i want i'm curious the people that have have discovered you because like you said it is the introduction right that's the new introduction the the cold call the whatever that's the right. way that you can put yourself in front of people in a very non-threatening mm-hmm. way and to continue to give yourself opportunities to earn right. that business uh to the point of, of building that relationship what have you know, what have you kind of discovered how how different is it working with somebody that has uh, again, created a relationship with you kind of without you being there and then ultimately decided to do business with you. How right. is the lifetime of that client? What is the trajectory of that client versus somebody that just walks in off the street because they're hitting you no know, three or four agencies that day because they need to find some insurance? In terms of the sales cycle? 
not even the sales side, just the relationship, right? Like how much more are they willing to deal with and do? I'm not saying you're screwing up or anything, but just the, right, right. The, 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 the dynamic of the relationship is so dramatically different that they're yeah. not taking the phone call from the guy down the street. They're not listening to the, like you have their attention completely and utterly for much longer than I think anybody realizes. Uh, that is a that is a phenomenal question. I've actually never been asked that, and I've never really thought about it. But yeah, the people that you know, I had a lady that uh, that discovered me. Um, she reached out to me on Facebook. Or no, she emailed me during a hurricane. This whole area there was a hurricane heading this way, not Michael, but the one before that. And of course, we're we're at home and we're hunkered down. And this lady emails me, and I just so happened to have some downtime, and and I checked my email, and she emailed me, said, "Hey, I know there's a hurricane going on, but." As soon as this is over, me and my husband are buying a house and I love your Instagram and I've been following you on Facebook for three years, this, that, and the other. I feel like I know you, that sort of thing. So I immediately email her back and, and, uh, she, uh, she's like, and so we, we talk on the phone the next day and she's like, yeah, I've been following you on Instagram. I'm in marketing. I love yeah. that you do this, this, and this. And, and that sort of, it was like my yeah. ideal client, yeah. right? Young person buying a new house. She loves digital. She's in marketing, that sort of thing. But like I was able to go to her and, um, and say, Hey, can you film me a testimonial video? Yeah. They, she does it right. Like that sort of thing. And it, those clients do, um, let me try to think about the way to word this that without yeah, sounding just, like just a douchebag. Um, they are happy to do business with me. Like it's like they, it's like the young crowd, they sort of respect the digital marketing, some of the tactics, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's almost like, they're like, I'm so, I'm so happy to be doing business. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's it's they want to do it's, an, it's, a, it's an admiration and respect yeah right? it's, like they, it's, they, they, exactly and then and then you know i'm very hands-on with my clients i'm very hands-on i have i have three cell phones uh, or three cell phone numbers um with two cell phones everybody has every number that's that a little excessive every, every, i'm not sure we'll get, <laughs> everybody has every number um and but they i'm very hands-on and so i think they see all the digital stuff you know they understand that I'm doing it myself and they think this guy is not going to have time for me. And then they say, Oh yeah. wait, he, he, he does like, he's the one I'm talking to a lot of times. You know what I mean? And so, so it's there, there is like a, a mutual admiration and those clients do stick longer. They do. I mean, you know, I had a, I had a guy call the office yes the other day and I could just, and everybody listening to this knows, but you know, you know, within the first 10 seconds, what kind of client you're dealing with. Right. And I could just tell it was a shopper, right? And I'm like, yep. I don't, I don't even really want to write this. Like, I don't even want to, yes. I don't want to stop what I'm doing to quote yes. this, and I don't want my CSR to stop what she's doing. To yes. me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and I know everybody, a lot of people listening to this are shaking their head in in agreement. Right. But, yeah. No. Well, I mean, so yeah, I've I've started multiple presentations this way. It's like you know, how many how many times have you ever answered the phone the first time you've talked to somebody? the first words out of their mouth are thank you, right? Like they're just thanking you. You've never met this person before, but you've already given them so much value that they just, they want to say thank you for what you've, what, what you've given them and they, right. they want to do business. And like you said, the, it's the, we're so used to saying, I, Hey, I know you're busy. Just can I have a minute of your time to talk to you about your insurance? But instead it's the opposite, right? It's like, Oh, you got, you must be so busy because you're an awesome Instagram star, but can I just have a minute? You got to help me with your insurance. Right. And that's the flipping of the dynamic that people don't quite understand. Um, 
where the where the bill of goods is being sold currently in 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 the insurance marketing space is um, people having enough of that attention to build a book of business on right or whatever the thing is as opposed to identifying the level of importance it needs to play right what 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 stream right and that's the conversation I don't think we've gotten to back to the you know you are doing it yourself um you know they're surprised that they're talking to you and I think that's the next level right I think as we're just every you know we've got this kind of generation of, of uh, agents that have kind of dabbled and had success is it the next level is well, maybe Bradley's not the guy that they're going to talk to anymore. But you know, he's you're going to build the relationship, and you're going to maybe bring them in and then right. get them off, and, 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 and distributing that. That's the next level, I think. And I think the shift that needs to be to be made um, is, you know, I had a conversation with Kelly Donahue Piro about this. Is when you make that shift, I think your marketing needs to shift a little bit too. You know, everybody can't be Gary V, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're trying to build the 10 to 15 to $20 million agency, you know, you don't want to sell yourself as, Hey, I'm the guy you're going to be dealing with because they're not. And you're actually, you will lose deals because of that. Yeah. You know, I've lost deals because of that. I've had people reach out to me for a quote, whatever it be, you know, but some small little policy. And I, I send it to my CSR, uh, who's awesome by the way, but I send it to her and, and they're like, wait a minute. Now I want to deal with him. You know what I mean? And they're, they're, it's like, they're kind of offended. So, you know, that's where the shift needs to be made. But, you know, eventually, you know, right now Bradley's doing everything on his own. I don't outsource anything other than my website and graphic design because I don't know how to do those two things. Um, I do it all myself. Eventually a shift's going to have to be made where um, I probably outsource that. You know, and I think for a lot of agents out there who are in my shoes, they either have to outsource that or the sales, you know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, eventually you need to get to that point. Yeah, and I'm excited to kind of see how, you know, those the, the ones that have jumped in early and then are seeing some success, uh, they move into that 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 transition. And, I, and again, like I said, I don't think it's all that difficult, you know, just simply all you have to do is not say, uh, and you're going to talk to me directly, right? You just have to say, you know, do this next thing, right. reach out here. We'll take care of it. We'll handle it. You know, whatever, right? It doesn't need to be this. Mm -hmm. Or promote your yeah. staff, right? Encourage them to, to, to be a part of your content, sure. you know? Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of, it's getting to be a lot of fun, Joey, because I've done this for so long. I've, I've marketed hard on, my personal brand and Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, everything above uh, since October of 2014 was when I started. And, and you know, what happened is I realized that my competition was not doing that bottom line. You know, they say, go where you go, you know, do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. Right. Everybody around here was doing billboards and direct mail. And um, I, I started, I started on Facebook um, Facebook was first. I've, I've done it for so long and I've slowly started to get business. You know, I've, I've we've, we have leads that trickle in, you know, from the personal brand and people messaging and that sort of thing. But now it's getting to the point to where other agents are recognizing, yeah. you know, and reaching out, which is really freaking cool because at my heart, I went to school for teaching at my heart. I love teaching and helping people and that sort of thing. And so it's really, it's getting to the point now to where it's like, okay, if I stand in front of a room of realtors or a room of insurance agents and I say, okay, 
uh, you need to be posting on Instagram three to five times a day. And then I don't do it because I'm busy. You see what I mean? They're like, wait a minute, you said, you know what I mean? So in a way it sort of, it sort of holds me accountable. Right. And, and the opposite of that is true is I've had some of my biggest competitors come to me and say, Hey, how do I, how do I do this? How do I, how do I do this on Instagram or how do I do this on LinkedIn? And, and I'll tell them for two reasons. One, they're probably not going to do it as well. Or two, that forces me to step up my game, right? It forces me to improve. So, and I'm, and I'm, I don't know if anybody knows this. I'm married to my biggest competitor. I'm married to another insurance agent. So, strange life, you lead, Bradley. Strange life. <laughs> um, well, so yeah, and so talking about that teaching, you've, you've actually kind of formalized it a little bit. Uh, tell me how the how's the uh, from one podcaster to the next. How uh, how's the podcast going? It's literally my favorite thing that I do outside of work, basically. Um, we started it. So my co-host, uh, Scott Howell, who is a, an agent up in Huntsville, Alabama, which is about six hours north of me. He's a, an hour shy of Nashville. Um, he was he and I connected on Snapchat. So uh, to, tell the, to tell the Snapchat story... Um, a lot of people that follow me have heard this, but so Gary V right when Snapchat started getting popular, a lot of these guys, you know, when a, when a new platform comes out and you join a platform, you can add these guys like the Gary V's and the Grant Cardone's and people like that. And they're more accessible because they don't have as many followers. Right. So Gary V and I would actually message each other back and forth. Um, not a lot, but way more than I, you know, I could get in touch with him way easier than I could now. Right. And this was, this was 20, 2014, 2015, 2016, something, late 2015, I think. And uh, he, he said, hey, here's what you need to do. You need to reach out to the top insurance publication in your industry and say, I want to write a blog post on Snapchat and do it. And so I did that. I reached out to Life Health Pro, which is now thinkadvisor.com. I wrote an article on Snapchat because I was using Snapchat heavily at that time. I've moved away from it now. Um, and uh, I did a, a Snapchat geo ad over a St. Patrick's Day party with the Mobile Leprechaun on it that said, Happy Happy St. Patrick's Day. And if you don't know what the Mobile Leprechaun is, stop what you're doing and Google the Mobile Leprechaun. That happened about 15 minutes from my office. Um, anyway, so I did that. It reached like a ridiculous amount of people. I got some business off of it. My ROI was like 354% or something crazy like that. And I wrote an article on that, wrote a blog post about that on Life Health Pro. Um, a year or so later, I'm sitting in my office. I get a phone call um, from my CSR and, I'm, and I was in an appointment and my CSR says, hey, the Wall Street Journal's on the phone. And I tell them I'm not interested. I thought they were trying to sell me magazines or newspapers. And uh She's like, no, they want to talk to you about Snapchat. And I look at the client. I was like, you got to hold on one second. So I speak to the person. Her name was Daisy Maxi. She's with the Wall Street Journal. And they basically wanted to interview me and talk about Snapchat. Now, the downside of that is uh, Snapchat went public a short while later. Uh, they never posted the article, which sucks. But during our conversation, she said, as far as we're concerned, you're the number one insurance agent on Snapchat. So I immediately start promoting that, right? Um, just and, and it, it, as ridiculous as that is. And so uh, my co-host, Scott, uh, discovered, saw that, discovered me on Snapchat. We start talking, um, and he actually happens to be down here. I'm about 45 minutes from the beach. He happens to be down here uh, 
and stops by my office and we, we literally sat in my office and he's like, you want to film a YouTube video and just talk about marketing for an hour? I'm like, absolutely. So, uh, we did that and literally his first words when the camera stopped rolling was we should start a podcast. And I actually been thinking about this. So when I was in high school, I did a radio show called high school today, which was sponsored by a local radio station. And it was me and a couple other people. And I just absolutely love the heck out of it. And I remember asking my, my English teacher, who was the person who sort of facilitated us in that program, like, how do I, how do, I do a radio show? And she was, her answer was like, I don't know. So it sort of like came around full circle. And I'm like, you know, I've always wanted to kind of like be on the radio. And like, I think that's really cool. And um, so he tells me to start a podcast. We tried to do it ourselves. Um, mad respect to anybody that does a podcast themselves. Um, and I know this is a long story, Joey, but I've never told this before publicly. But um, the first episode we did went okay technology wise, but it sounded like raccoons screaming through a megaphone. Like it was the, 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 the quality was so bad. And so the second episode, everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Um, so much so that I was actually, so me and my wife were engaged then we were about six months out from being married and we were doing pre, like a premarital counseling with a pastor, uh, who just so happened to be her grandfather. Oh, and I was late for the first one because everything went wrong on that podcast. Wow. Thankfully I have the most awesome wife ever and she completely understands that sort of thing. And I don't even think she knew I'd started a podcast. Like I remember saying like, look, I started a podcast. <laughs> and so um, anyway, so we reached out to a guy named Johnny Gwynn, who's Deep Fried Studios here in Mobile, who basically has a plug and play podcast studio. And so from day one, we knew we had to do it that way. Uh, the one thing we have, if, if we have an episode that the content is not good or whatever, the quality of our podcast is really, really good because that studio is top notch. So that's sort of how we got started. Um, originally we did it for us for selfish reasons. We were just doing it cause it was cool, you know? And, uh, we, we had a couple of guests on because my, my thing is, is I'm not going to talk about anything I don't know about a hundred percent, you know? Um, and so I like to bring on people who are experts in areas that I need to improve on. Right. So we bring on guys like Jerry Nicklow who talks about Google ads. Um, you know, you and I are going to do one, I think on YouTube, things like that. And, and so it's been, it's been awesome. It's, it's a lot of fun. We batch record. So we'll do five to six episodes in a day. Um, and our, you know, the coolest thing ever was the first time we saw someone recommending our podcast on Facebook that we didn't know, you know, and that was in December of last year. And our numbers have just been astounding. It's, it's, and I, and I don't have access to them on a daily basis. Our producer does that, but he sends them to us every now and then. And, um, I think May, June doubled May, July quadrupled June, and it's grown ever since. And so having agents reach out to us and saying your podcast helped me do this or inspired me to do this is like, the most humbling thing that's that's ever happened to me and also invokes a lot of responsibility. You know, um, I had a, an agent that actually called me and was asking marketing advice in terms of branding. We spent about 45 minutes on the phone. He was telling me how he was with New York life 
and his dream was to go independent and he's setting everything up to go independent, that sort of thing. He's got everything good to go. He just wanted to talk to me and, and talk about marketing or whatever, how, how, you know, and, and I literally, I heard a click while we're on the phone and he's like, I just sent my resi- my resignation to my manager while I'm on the phone with you. Like, oh my no, no. God. Like, don't put that responsibility on me. Like, you know, just yeah. because I say you need to do this doesn't mean you need to do this, you know? So yeah. Anyway, I know that was a long answer, but I'm very, very passionate about it. So, I mean, this is, it all comes back to everything that we've been talking about. Right. And there's nothing, there's nothing better than, uh, you know, my favorite is I had, you know, uh, giving career advice over Instagram message. Right. It's just like, man, like this is not the time nor the place. And you need right. to really, you really need to think about this. Um, but just the, the, the idea of the power of, of being, of, of just saying things and putting it out there and, and, and what it allows you the trust and respect that it, it provides you for those that are willing to do it. Um, you know, that, that, that applies to, like you said, like when you, when you do that for agents or when you're doing it, like we had mentioned, you know, with Instagram and Facebook for your insurance clients, it's just that thing that people, it takes a while to get and to see, and then it's just figuring out how you can do enough of it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the challenge just keeping it up, you know? Yeah. It's, it is a, it is a grind for sure. Um, Bradley, last question. What what do you think's next, right? So you've been you've been a we'll call it an early adopter on this stuff. Like what what's the next what's the thing that is just kind of hovering out in the distance for you that like, man, I think this is gonna be something I need to pay attention to in the next, you know, six months, maybe twelve months. So I'm not just saying this because this is the most popular thing, you know, talked about, at least in some of the circles I'm in. Um, because I said this a year and a half ago, actually to our producer, Johnny Gwynn. Um, my great white Buffalo is when somebody says, Hey, Alexa, buy me insurance. Mm -hmm. I want to be the guy on the other end of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Jeff Roy has done a phenomenal job of, of, um, facilitating that in Canada. And, and, and I mean, he's just, I mean, he's done a great job with it. I want to, I want to be that. That's kind of my thing. Am I currently working on it now? Physically, no, but it's constantly in my head. Like that's what I'm always thinking about is how how to do that. You know, if nothing else, just to be the first one there, because anytime somebody's first to a space, there's always a, a, uh, undeserved land grab. Right. Um, like Jeff Roy's clients can ask Alexa to send them an ID card. Like, come on, you know, some carrier is going to do that five years from now and cause this quote unquote disruption and Jeff Roy's clients are going to be like, Oh yeah, we've been doing that for three years. You know, um, a buddy of mine has a business that basically he helps clients, uh, sell their products on Amazon, get them ranked, that sort of thing. And he's very knowledgeable in how Amazon works. And I, and I had this conversation, same conversation with him and, and he's like, well, the first thing you need to do is you need to buy an Alexa. This is just a funny side story. You need to buy an Alexa, you need to figure out what you have to say for it to say, call Bradley, right? And then you just promote that. That's like the, the very beta version of, of, of at least from an SEO perspective. So I, I get to, uh, I order it. Um, I, it comes in. I'm all excited. I open it. I sit, I'm sitting there. I'm looking at it. This is about a year ago. I plug it in, and, I, and I'm like, Alexa, find me insurance. And Alexa says, I recommend Laurel Flowers, who is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. But that sort of you know, voice um, is kind of my, my great white buffalo. I'm, I'm going to figure out how to do that eventually, you know, whether I have to 
to pay somebody to do it or not. I've spoken with some developers who are out of Seattle, I think, who are basically have quoted me doing an Alexa skill from a lead generation standpoint, you know, mm. uh, where basically it gives them everything but the price. Um, have not deployed that yet. I don't, you know, uh, I don't think anybody's gonna 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 do that now, right? But I think being the first one to have that is gonna set you up for when people do that because all it does is it sells you time. You know, I, we our Alexa, we have uh, we have hooked up to a couple of things in our house, uh, the air conditioning, things like that. And the other night, I was laying in bed and. My wife said, well, you go turn the fan on. And the fan is one that like room fan is one thing I don't have hooked up to it. And I, I remember like this, like brief, like nanosecond of disgust because I couldn't do it with my voice. And I'm like, this, this crap's going to take over the world once people start using it for convenience, you know? 